0: Welcome back to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales, brought to you by our sponsor, VanillaSoft, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us each week as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Soon in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Let's get started. Hey, Daryl.
1: How are you doing, everybody? Daryl Prale here, Vanilla Soft, back for another episode of Inside. Inside Sales, the podcast I like to think as being the only one out there in the world. There is none other that speaks pragmatic truth, speaks to the heart of sales. We do not talk vision or strategy. We just talk plain old bread and butter selling, what the issues are, how to get better, how to make yourself 1% better after this episode than you were before this episode. Now, of course, there are other podcasters out there who would challenge me on this assertion. Guys like Jeff Bajoric and the why and the by, but what do they know, right? They're not listening to this show because you're listening to this show because you're a smart cookie. And speaking of being a smart cookie, I might have been talking to this Bajoric guy recently. At the Sales 3.0 conference in Chicago, where I finally had the chance to meet him in person. Mark the Sales Hunter introduced us. There's a little shout out from my good friend, Mark Hunter. Give him a follow if you don't follow him. He's he's awesome. Jeff's just got this great voice, and he's got this great cast, and he's been out there consulting for forever. He's a sales rep's sales rep. You haven't met him before. You're going to see what I'm talking about as soon as we get into the conversation. He's listening to us right now. We got to jamming about statements, statements that are made. That are just accepted as all out truth. Has this ever happened to you where someone makes a statement and Jeff is going to give us several examples. I'll use one because yesterday was Canada day, which means later on in this week, it'll be the 4th of July in the U S and you know, people will make statements, whether it's in Canada or the U S or anywhere else, they'll make statements like our country's the greatest country in the world. As a fellow citizen of said country, you believe it because you're like, yeah, but sometimes, sometimes you got to, you got to be a bit of a critical thinker. You got to sit back. You have two choices in life. You can continue with that statement as being truth and gospel. You can build your whole psyche, your career, your morals, your values, your approach to life all around that statement being true. You can repeat that statement to others because it's true to you. So it must be true to them and they need to know this truth. Or the other approach is you can be a critical thinker and you can say, well, I love my country and I think my country is indeed great. But is my country truly the greatest country in the world? I don't know. Let's assess the facts. Let's go out there, because before I go forth and claim that my country is the best country in the world, and I show from the rooftops to everybody of all lands, because I might offend them if I'm wrong, I want to make sure that I have my ducks in a row, that I have my facts, and then once I have my facts, I will go forth, and I will then proceed and approach my whole methodology, my whole raison d'etre around that critical thinking. It's a skill that appears more and more these days to be lost. Yet, as a sales professional, think about this. Your job is to go in and listen to a prospect, to qualify them, to learn what ails them, and to determine if your solution can make their life better. And then perhaps if it's a competitive deal, how does your solution optimally compare and contrast to the competition such that your solution is the one that's chosen. And of course, there's so much more around that statement than that, but that's the fact. You cannot do that successfully, continually, unless you approach that prospect and their circumstances, their needs, with critical thinking. Because what ends up happening is you lead with value propositions that are based on suppositions that you've not given any considerations to. You just believe them to be true, and that prospect doesn't believe it, and you lose the deal to somebody else who's made a more compelling case. Critical thinking is what differentiates your prospecting from that individual sitting beside you in the office or the cubicle right next to you. If you're a critical thinker, you will be successful. If you're not, you will be mediocre at best. That's my contention. Of course, it's not just mine. May also be that of Jeff Bajoric. Let me bring him on here now. I told you he's been listening. He has. Jeff Bajoric, host of the killer podcast, The Why and the Buy, a phenomenal best selling author, a kick ass sales consultant. This man has not only got all this going for him, he's got great pipes too. You're going to hear it shortly. Jeff, welcome to the show, my
2: friend. Wow. I'm speechless. It's not often that I find myself without something to say, Daryl. So thank you for that introduction. I really love the four and a half minute rant to get this thing kicked off. There's a lot of great things there, and and you know we were talking in the virtual green room, as we refer to it uh, on our podcast. Is uh, I think in sales you have to use your brain every day, and when you are required to do something repetitively over and over, particularly in inside sales, it's really easy to shut your brain off. And I, I love your pragmatic approach. I do have an issue though. I want to know how you can think critically, but not talk strategy. That is something you're going to have to break down for me. But (laughs) I think- We can have
1: that conversation. (laughs) Forget that topic, folks. We're changing
2: gears. (laughs) The biggest difference for me in the way I think about it and talk about it is, are you taking responsibility for a task list or are you taking ownership of an outcome? And I think that's a big difference for people. And I, I talk about it with my kids. I'll tell my daughter sweetheart, I need you to sweep the floor. Dad, I I swept it. I I know it still needs to be swept. I'm not telling you that you didn't sweep the floor. I watched you sweep the floor. I'm saying that I'm looking at the floor and it still needs to be swept. So I'm going to need you to get that broom out again. There's a difference there. Do you have a clean floor or did you take the step of sweeping it. She's going to be 10 next week. So she doesn't quite understand that yet. And she rolls her eyes an almost 10 year old little girl would do. And she's one of my favorite people in the world, but it doesn't change the fact that the floor is still dirty. And I think that that difference there is one that trips people up. But I did that boss. I did that manager. And I love your take too on you'd be mediocre at best. Championing mediocrity is one of my favorite turns
1: of phrase. We're on the same wavelength here, Daryl. I want to know how many people listening right now are just feeling a little bit uncomfortable. And if you are, that's <laughs> I good. <hope> so <laughs> I hope you are. I hope you are. Now there's, there's there's going to be a percentage of you out there that are going. Yeah, I've been saying this. <laughs> And there's going to be another percentage of you going, I'm going to tune out. Is there a fast forward? Can I just go to the next episode? Because this one doesn't resonate with me. For those who are thinking of going to the next episode, whilst I respect that decision, I suggest you really should just kick back and and listen to the whole show.
2: I'm not for everybody. And I know that. Therein lies, I think, an underappreciated key to prospecting and to selling is recognizing that you're not for everybody. And the people that you're for are going to really appreciate what you do. The people who aren't for you, well, then that's fine. They're for somebody else. That's okay. There's enough of them out there. I'm going to keep doing what I do. Not second guessing what you're doing. It's important to think critically, but when it comes to taking things personally and second guessing, well, I I need to have everybody like me all the time. Like you, you can't do, if you try to please everybody, you will thrill nobody. And we're in business to
1: thrill. I love that. I mean, I've heard variations of that, but I've I've not heard the use with the word thrill and through it is such a visual word. It's such a personal, emotional. Mm -hmm. It provokes emotion, right? It's like you Mm -hmm. will thrill nobody. But you're right. Let me step back. You've had this conversation. Rumor has it you might have gotten into a bit of a conversation even most recently as yesterday on, on LinkedIn about this topic. What was mm-hmm. the catalyst for you? Like, what sparked this? Is it something? Did you see something? Did you experience something? Or is it something you just keep on continually seeing and you're finally, finally addressing it? I've got some people that I run with on LinkedIn. You got some right? homies?
2: And, and, some peeps? Yeah. You and, crew, and your and crew? Your crew? It's hard to believe, Daryl, but I have friends. Hey, I just put this out there can you take a look at this? Can you disagree with me? Right. And I'll ask for that. I've, I've done it before and, and where it's like, okay, I respect your opinion, you three people. And I'll send them a message to say, Hey, look, shoot holes in this, please. Because I will not assume that it is perfect, but I feel really good about this statement. And I want you to poke holes in it. One of those messages kind of came my way and I looked at it and I said, yeah, I actually agree with the statement, but let me take a look at another point of view. Let me try to put up some opposition to this for the sake of intelligent discourse, because I think that's when we get better, right? Daryl, critical thinking is important, and that is something that you do by yourself. Intelligent discourse is like critical thinking at scale. You can get three or four people debating some, not even debating something, because that kind of connotes uh Or there's a bad connotation with that, like you're in disagreement. I think when you can hold something up to scrutiny and challenge it, that's when we all get better. I took kind of an opposing point of view. And my point of view was really not one to where I didn't really disagree with the statement, but I disagreed with statements like it that get taken as gospel and then used out of context. And so this post, my friend uh, David Massover put this up, and it was something to the extent of true sales hunters find their own opportunities. My issue is not with that statement, but the idea that that statement will be taken out of context and taken to believe that all real salespeople are hunters. And I think that there are a lot of salespeople who have account management responsibilities who still grow those accounts very very well and I think that there are a lot of hunters who believe that their job is to go out hunt kill and move on to the next hunt at the expense of leaving a lot of dollars on the table I think it is easier for you to get a hundred dollars out of a current account than it is to get twenty dollars out of a brand new account and I don't know what the exchange rate is Daryl right now between your fine country and mine but I do know that 100 is greater than 20, and I know that there's a lot more spending power with 100 than there is with 20, okay?
1: I could start with 100 and so, Canadian and end up with about a 20 American, <laughs> but that's an aside.
2: That's another conversation. <laughs> but the, that's the thing. At, at any point, and the, David quoted Mike Weinberg's brilliant new book, Hashtag Sales Truth. I only mention that book because I'm in it at the front of it. And Mike did me a, a great service by asking me to give him a little quote for the beginning of the book. And it's brilliant. It's one of the best books I've ever read. If you have not picked it up, you should go pick it up. But he kind of quoted that phrase that Mike had in the book. So Mike chimed into the discussion and he said, Jeff, but talk to me about an account manager or an account executive who's getting enough opportunities from their SDR. I haven't seen a company out there who has. And I said, no, I Mike, I'm not trying to disagree with you, but these blanket statements taken as gospel are problematic. We have the discussion around whether or not an account is growable. You can't just be farming opportunities that won't yield crop, a sellable crop for you or or any growth, right? But again, every situation is different and we need to pragmatically approach the situation into what is going to help us yield the most growth. You need to have people managing accounts and prospecting within those accounts in order to find new opportunities to grow. You also need to have people beating down new doors, picking up the phone, tweeting, Snapchatting, whatever it is that you want to do to get in front of the people that you need to get in front of. But sometimes those people are right in front of you. And so when you have this mentality, the only selling out there that's real, real selling is hunting. Well, I've I've always believed that in the hunter and farmer discussion, the best hunters find really good places to farm and they may find other places to farm. I think you got to find more than one. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot that you can get out of one account. And there's a lot that you can do with one account. And there's something inherently transactional about onto the next one all the time. And I've never been a transactional person. You can't sum up selling in in a short sentence and i think that's the problem whether it's cold calling is dead long live social media you know or it's cold calling is dead long live cold calling there's always someone out there who is trying to tell you what you want to hear and i think you have to hold that stuff up to scrutiny and i think it's helpful to hold it up to scrutiny with other people who you trust to poke holes in theories that may not make sense
1: all right that's the setup we're going on a brief break and we come back We're going to drill down on some examples of what you might be taking as gospel, and we're going to talk about what you can do to make sure you don't fall into that trap. So stay there. We're going to be right back.
3: CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing-qualified leads into sales-qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com.
1: All right, so we're back. On the break, I had a chance to think about some of what you're saying. You were saying there are some, some call it some cliches, some bold statements that are used over and over again. You know, the only real selling is is hunting, you said. You made reference to social selling. If you're not social selling, you're not selling. Uh, and, and, and you know, there's all variations of these folks you talked about. I look at examples I use. 48% of marketing qualified leads are never followed up by end sales. Well, that's one stat. That doesn't mean it applies to you, but you, so you can't assume it does. We could go on. Are there, I mean, Are there other examples you've seen that personify this just oft-repeated one-liners that we banter about that people just assume is gospel? Well, it's interesting you quote stats
2: because 74% of the stats that I quote and make up are 74%. Yes, So your 48% stat is very relevant and highly (laughs) accurate. I'm sure. The cold calling
1: is dead thing. Cold calling is dead. You're right. Forgot that one. That's a great one. It's dead. Why are you even bothering?
2: When I first got into this business, When I decided to open a business for myself and someone told me, he said, look, you're not in the sales training business, you're not in the sales coaching business, you're not in the consulting business, you're in the prospecting business. And this was a time when I came out of medical devices where I sold door to door, like I knocked on physician's offices doors because that's how you got a hold of them because surgeons don't tweet very often. Okay. I sold an orthopedic surgical implant, several of them actually, different lines for different companies. And you had to get in front of people the way they needed to be reached. Listen, I know that if you live on LinkedIn, then everybody in your circle lives on LinkedIn. But there are people outside of that circle who aren't on LinkedIn. Okay, and LinkedIn may not be the way to reach people. I fell into this trap initially coming out of what I think is fair to call a laggard market in medical device sales. And I'm like, oh, this is where everybody else is everybody's online. We have to prospect online now. We have to have a personal brand we got to do. And there's value to that. But to pretend that that is a blanket statement that covers everybody is a lie. Listen, there are still people, independent insurance agents out here all over the place in Michigan where I live, where the best way to get in front of them is to knock on the door and talk to the receptionist because it's the most direct way. And I think people also get carried away thinking about how to sell to a thousand people at the same time when they don't have a compelling message to deliver to one person who was standing in front of them actually listening, that's where selling gets carried away. Now, if you're in the tech space, then yes, you'd better be online. If you're selling software as a service, you'd better be online because, quite frankly, that's where your product or your, your service is being utilized. So go where your people are, but don't pretend that everybody's there. And that's You get back to your thesis of this whole show, which is brilliant, by the way. Let's think pragmatically about what we're doing use your brain every day. You can't just take it out of your head and set it aside because it's easier to not think. It is easier to not think. I know it. And that is exactly how I know I should be thinking every day.
1: So let's be pragmatic. How do I teach myself to be a critical thinker? So in other words, my boss, I'm not saying my boss, but I'm being generic here. Yep. My boss says, this is the truth. Cold calling is dead. Everybody on social. Or my boss says, the only way you're going to get them is on email from three to five in the afternoon, whatever it might be. And you go, you nod your head and you go, okay. Right away, instead of going, okay, to me, that's like, okay. See, that's a difference. It's not, it's not, okay. It's, okay. And, you know, <laughs> you need to program yourself to take that as an input and then challenge the assumption. And here's the thing. Challenging the assumption May ultimately lead to learning that they were right. Yep. But now you know they're right. As right. And that's cool. And you learn something along the way. And the way you challenge an assumption, the simplest approach is to test it. If it's only three to five email, okay, I'm going to do, I'll do the three to five email. But I'm going to do emails from eight to 10 and from 11 to 1. And I'm going to then you can do this for a week or two or five. And I'm going to roll up the results and see how do they compare and contrast. Ah, he was right. Okay. Or he was wrong. Cold calling is dead. Well, I'm going to send some emails and some social and some do some calls just to test it. And I like what Jeff is getting at. But let's be, be really explicit. He's saying you have to physically go try other things. You have to challenge your assumptions. Critical thinking is having the courage to challenge the assumptions no matter where the outcome takes you. And how do you begin? He says, You are responsible not for a task list, but for taking ownership of an outcome. That's where Jeff started today's show. And you can only determine the outcome if you test the assertion. So, are there tips and tricks that you've seen used, Jeff, that our audience could use beyond the testing that I've talked about? And I think I've heard you say one already. You've said, let's go to a few trusted advisors, both those within my pool. So if I'm selling SaaS, I'm going to talk to other SaaS people and those outside of my pool who have a different point of view and have a trusted group of advisors who can critically think. Here's the thing, when you critically think, it doesn't mean you need to come up with the answer. Critical thinking Also means that you're open to somebody else giving you a different point of view that you had not considered. That's massive. It's a team sport.
2: Life's a team sport. Sales is a team sport. Business is a team sport. Nobody does this in a vacuum, and nobody succeeds very well completely on their own. And so, I think you have to hold stuff up to scrutiny in terms of taking your your managers, your boss's word as gospel. You know what? If you get lucky, and someone says, "Hey, this is the way you do it." And you say, all right, cool. And I think that's a good place to start, right? If you're new somewhere, or you're even if you're new to, not new to sales, but you're new with the company and you have a directive, I think you go and do that. And if you get enough opportunities to fill your pipeline, to close business and move forward and accomplish the objectives that you need to hit, well then good, cool. Maybe you don't need to hold that up to scrutiny. Here's the thing. That doesn't happen very often. Because the way your manager did it may not translate well to you because your skill set is different from hers or your talent level is different from hers. And there's work to be done there. That's fine. But if you are getting the results that you need, then, hey, move right along. You're, you're all good. But when you're not getting the results that you need, then you need to find another way to get the results. And that's taking ownership over the outcomes, right? I I borrowed this from Anthony Innerino. I don't know if these are the same words that he uses, but I heard this, I think, initially from him. But if you were doing what needed to be done, you'd be getting the results that you're looking for. And if you're not getting those results, then you got to take a look at the input to that equation. And... Just be open and be vulnerable to taking on a different way, to looking at a different path. Think critically, use your brain, find friends, ask for help. I'm hesitant to give you just a tip because that tip may not, again, like a blanket statement. They're going to say, oh yeah, here's this thing. And then it doesn't work for them. And they're going to say, well, Bajoric told me this would work. And then it didn't work. That guy's a bum. The tip is to use your brain every day. The tip is to challenge the convention. The tip is to hold something up to scrutiny and see if you can poke holes in it. And then maybe after work, maybe on your drive home, maybe you think about it. Maybe on your way into work the next day, you think about it. Maybe you call a colleague who's having success that you're not having and you ask them how they're doing it. And maybe it won't work for you because especially in outside sales, field sales, where there's a local kind of a at a VP, call it a Bubba factor, right? There's just something about being in that part of the country or that part of the state or the region or whatever where you just relate to people and you can't quite figure it out. But I just like that guy because he talks like me and he sounds like me and he uses the same words and we like the same stuff. That's that Bubba factor. You can't pick that up and, and transfer it, but you can find your own. And if you use your brain, the salespeople are so smart. Cause you have to be use that brain. If you
1: it, 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 like yeah. what Jeff's just said there, you got to do his podcast guys about, cause it's <laughs> the why and the buy, All right. Is he actually every single episode he's, he's asking his listeners. One, do you know why your customers buy from you? Which is what you've just heard him say here just now. Do you know why you do what you do? Which is what we're talking about. Challenging why you do what you do. Do you know why it matters? And these are just some of the things he hits every single episode. The why and the buy, you can check it all out at Jeffbejoric.com. If you can't spell, it's J-E-F-F. No G's in this, Jeff. B-A-J-O-R-E-K. Jeff And of course, Jeff, of course, you're you're rampant on, on LinkedIn too. So where should they go to connect with you? Anywhere you want. You can follow me on Twitter,
2: but Twitter's really more of a broadcast medium for me. That's where a lot of my content gets um, kind of redeployed so people can see it. I do hang out there though. I mean, a little bit. If you send me a message on any of my social platforms, Twitter or LinkedIn, or send me an email, JB at Jeffbajoric.com, I will reply. But where I hang out to really talk about stuff is typically LinkedIn. There's a little more room to roam there. So I do prefer LinkedIn to Twitter, though I can be found and reached on both. If you got something to say, please say it and just shoot me an email, jb at jeffbajoric.com. That's the most direct
1: way to get a hold of it. And, of course, the podcast. You get to experience them, you know, show after show after show. How much more could you want from that? Also, a little uh, plug (laughs) here. He's got a new white paper out called You Don't Have a Closing Problem. You want to learn more? Go to jeffbajorek.com. Jeff, I am so glad you joined me today, sir. Thank you so much. I hope to see you again on another episode far, far, far in the future, because I can't have you this close because the rest, everybody else will get you know, upset. But again, in the future, want you back on the show. Thank you for your time today. In the meantime, guys, we are out of here. We're done, but we'll be back. There's lots of older episodes. Go listen to them. Like, follow, share, spread the love. In the meantime, folks, my name is Daryl Prale. I'm your host inside, Inside Sales. You take care.
0: You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by VanillaSoft.